Welcome to Holy Cow, a Cubs podcast. This week we have a National League Division Series preview. As you know, the Cubs made the playoffs. They won the NL Central. And they are going to take on the Washington Nationals in the first round of the National League playoffs. So I did an interview with three people today. Um, Jared Willis, one of the head writers at Cubs Den. Uh, Evan Altman, one of the... Well, I should say the head writer at Cubs Insider. And then I did an interview with my friend Phil Seitz, who is a huge Washington Nationals fan. He runs a travel blog called Weekend Roadie, and you can find him on Twitter at Weekend Roadie. And actually, I'm going to start with his interview. We talked about the Washington Nationals and his expectations and what he thinks as an outside fan about the Cubs. So here is Phil. How do you feel about the Nationals right now? Well, I say it's hard to say. As a Nationals fan and a D.C. sports fan in general, you want to feel optimistic, and obviously you do. I mean, we know we know we have a good team. We know we've had a good team for a while there with the Nationals. Uh, but the postseason's always been a different monster. And in D.C., it truthfully is affecting, or the fans feel it affects every team in D.C. because they basically have the same kind of luck in the postseason. Um, used to be our teams weren't very good across the board. Now they're good enough to compete and get to the postseason, but not good enough to close the deal in the postseason. So, you know, these Nationals look like they have, you know, the last three times they've been in the postseason, they look like a, a team that could contend for the World Series in the end. So, overall, I feel that this team uh, is a lot more, I suppose, experienced and has aged pretty well. So, I don't see why they couldn't contend. As from my Cubs fans' perspective, you guys have a very scary lineup. It, you know, very deep lineup that that looks like it's formidable, but what do you think about your lineup? Yeah, um, well, you know, right now, actually today, um, the second game against the Padre, or the Pirates here is the, the first day we've had all our guys in the lineup healthy, all the main guys. Harper is back, Worth is back, Turner's back, Rendon, Zimmerman, all those guys are playing in the sa- at the same time for the first time in, oh gosh, three or four months now so um i mean it's nice to be healthy or i assume we're all healthy uh i mean hopefully you get some of the rust off and get to the postseason here uh on all cylinders or most cylinders um we're mostly excited to see harper back because that was a scary injury in early august so so for for nationals fans i think we're all pretty excited that that he's getting back there and taking the cuts because since he's been injured our offense has dropped about a run per game and really the pitching staff has held up enough to keep us through and you know we've had a few i mean it's amazing the lineup we've put out there the lineups we put out there uh in late august and throughout september there's been a bunch of guys that a lot of people didn't know like uh Victor Robles, Alejandro De Aza, you know, these, these bit part players, Pedro Severino, 
you know, we've we'd had a pretty deep lineup where we trotted out guys that, uh, you know, just don't get a, get a whole lot of uh, play time, and they were able to keep things afloat with that, those kind of lineups. And uh, thankfully, the pitching staff and of course the bullpen, which has been shored up, uh, held things held things together. So yeah, I would say going into this series with the Cubs, I'm I'm pretty optimistic that that we'll be uh, putting our best guys out there. Yeah, I was going to ask about that too with the um, bullpen because the bullpen was a huge problem early in the year. And you made some trades at the trade deadline that really solidified things. Yeah. Um, yeah, we brought in, uh, of course, uh, Kinsler from the Twins. Uh, the Twins had a fire sale. We were able to get Kinsler, which was amazing, considering, you know, the Twins really didn't need to give him up now, looking back. But, uh, uh, you know, Doolittle, Madsen, it's been uh, – I mean, those three guys, Doolittle actually blew his first save last night, which I hope, Nationals fans hope that's just getting that out of the way. Uh, obviously, in past postseasons, blown saves have been a huge issue, uh, especially with, uh, you know, one guy named Drew Storen, who uh, uh, haunts many nightmares of Nationals fans nowadays. But uh, so we hope, uh, you know, Doolittle can can be that guy in those safe situations that we need in the postseason. And, uh, and you know, like I said, uh, Kinsler and Madsen have been huge. Another guy uh, you'll want to watch for is Matt Albers. He's actually been part of the bullpen all year and really the only consistently uh, decent guy. Uh, his ERA is below two, uh, which is amazing considering where the bullpen was earlier. I was going to ask one more thing. Um... They're, you know, they're gonna. The series is gonna start in Washington, yeah. of course. And you know, there's been some comments before about, you know, Nationals fans are they gonna be able to come out and support and stuff. And since you are a Nationals fan, I wanted your perspective on that. They have a decent fan base. I, I think it's been. Uh, I think their lack of passion has been overstated. I think in the D.C. area, you have a lot of, um, yeah, you have a lot of people coming in and out of D.C., but there's a old fan base, an old senator's fan base um, still, and there's that fan base has passed on a bit of, of the Washington heritage to the younger generation. That includes me. That's how I became a Nationals fan, really. My dad was an old senator's fan. Um, you have that generational things still there and they're bringing new fans and they've really adopted well and they've really taken ownership of the nationals of their own and uh, you've seen washington people break away from the baltimore fan base because they used to sort of filter over there as well and so there's enough real nationals fans and yes they'll pack the games and hopefully not pack out of there when the going gets tough because i think that's also been a knock uh, that they give up easily, and you know that's that's a DC sports thing too. You know we've had, we've taken enough lumps in the postseason that it's easy to throw up our hands if things get going bad. So you know game one, if you see us down before runs or something like that, God forbid, I, yeah, you might see a few fans filter out a little too early. <laughs> it's possible. You know, other than that, you know, I think fans are really knowledgeable and passionate overall. So, so, you know, we were, I think, camping this year. So it's 
it's been good. It's been decent there. I mean, they get good crowds. We're happy, you know, we put out a good product, so hopefully we could uh, back that up with some wins in the postseason. Well, obviously, I hope that's not true, but <laughs> we are going to find out. Yes. So, I, I dare ask what your predictions are, but I know you don't like to make predictions. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm going to wait anyway until further interview, so we'll see. Yes. Any, anyway, uh, thank you for coming on my podcast. All right. Thanks, Sean. I appreciate it. Next, we have um, an interview with Evan Altman, and we talked about a few things about how we feel about the series, who we think is going to have a good series and a bad series, a little bit about the rotation, who do we think should be the Cubs' number one starter, and a little talk about the injury concerns, especially with Jake Arrieta. So here's Evan. The Cubs are now done with the regular season. Last game was today. And um, now move ahead to the series against the Nationals. And I'll just start out, what are your thoughts on the series? Yeah, so it's uh, I've kind of avoided uh, accepting it. I mean, even though it's, I guess, has been an inevitability I haven't really thought too much about it. I think I've kind of built up in my mind uh, that the the Nats are some kind of juggernaut, which, you know, they're clearly not. And I think with the way the Cubs have been playing lately uh, and and focusing on them as as much as I do, I think it's easier to look at the Cubs and kind of see their flaws. And you kind of tend to look at some of these other teams and, and think about what they do well. Um, but, you know, the more I start to look at it, the more I think, you know, gosh, well, the Cubs have actually hit Scherzer and Strasburg and guys like that pretty well. And they're they're hot right now. They're getting guys healthy again. I'm just kind of excited for it. I'm not nearly as nervous as uh, or, or maybe anxious, however we want to look at it, as what I looked at last year and just, you know, kind of all this build up to it. And, and at this point, I'm kind of looking at it saying, you know, I think the Cubs can get this done. I really feel good about them going on the road, uh, taking at least one of those first two in, in Washington. They played them pretty well earlier in the season, despite uh, I think it was you know was it uh, the game in Atlanta where where Bryant got hurt, and so he was you know he was kind of messed up maybe going into that one, and and they they weren't really at full strength there, and they played really really well against the Nationals there, and so you know the more I look at it, I'm, I'm positive, not in a cocky way. Not in a not in a weird way. I just I feel kind of good about their chances going in for just for the fact that they're the Cubs and they know what they're doing at this point. They've done, they've been there. They've done that, and I don't think they have anything to be scared of. Yeah, that's a, I was actually going to bring up. It's got to be the first time in history that the Cubs go into the playoffs with no pressure. The team they're playing has a ton of pressure on them. Yeah, it's such a it's such a weird deal to have seen. You know, now that they've done it, finally, right? <laughs> Which they never had, yeah. have done before. Now it's like, oh, okay, cool. Now we're back. You know, third year in a row. All right. You don't know, we've never seen this before. And as World Series champions, it's like, huh, okay, this is normal now. Like, oh, and it's it's kind of a it's kind of a weird feel to look at it that way. But that's that's kind of the reality now. And there's no reason to believe that that won't, you know, continue moving forward. I think that's part of it too. Is that there's this sense that okay if they don't get it done this year there's no reason to believe they won't go back and, and even though I guess the same thing could have been said in kind of 03 or, or some of these when we thought they were 
really good. This is a different animal from anything we've ever seen before. And, and I think having that knowledge that, you know what, the, these this front office has proven that it knows what it's doing time and again. And so there isn't as much of this do or die sense either. And so I think that kind of alleviates a little bit of that pressure on them, at least from the fan perspective going into it. Yeah, exactly. And another, I interviewed one of my best friends is actually a Nationals fan, if you can believe there aren't that many Nationals fans, really? but he is a, yeah, he's a big Nationals fan. And the pressure of just, he's a DC sports fan. And he's just like, oh man, they've gotten through so much heartbreak in Washington, DC and all the sports that you can just feel the pressure with him. And I was like, I feel you, buddy. That used to be me before the Cubs pulled this out. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of where you know, and it's it, there's and there's room certainly I think in there to be uh, to be cocky about things or to you know, and and it's this it's all I have fun with that stuff, particularly when the when the Cardinals are involved. I think because it's uh, it, it's they make themselves a fairly easy target, but I think for the most part, you know, at this point, like I said, it, it's it's more of an easy confidence of hey, we've seen them do this, and, and the team that they've established and, the, and kind of the personalities that they have uh, sort of lend themselves. You know, I'm I'm skeptical of the whole the clutch thing in as much as somebody performs better in certain situations as, as opposed to when you've been there and you've done that, you don't allow that adrenaline dump to really impact you or, or, to, or to make you jumpy. So it's less about performing better in certain situations as it is not allowing yourself to fall apart and not make the mistakes in those situations. I think with some of those guys like Lester and, and Lackey and whatnot, who have, who have kind of been there before and sort of set that example and Zobrist. Uh, but now you've got all, all the young guys, again, Javi Baez, Russell, Bryant, Rizzo, those guys have all been in the playoffs basically their entire, they don't know anything else other than going through a season, winning 90 some or a hundred and some games and then go to the playoffs. This, this this is unprecedented for a for a franchise that you know guys like um, Billy Williams and Ernie Banks and Ron Santo played their whole careers there basically without without seeing the playoffs once. And here you have all these guys coming up and they don't know anything different. And so this is just kind of the way it is for them, rather than you know again getting there and getting tight. So uh, it, it's it's kind of something, and I've had to remind myself of that a couple times. Think, like, oh my God, these guys don't know what it's like to not be really good, and it's uh it's kind of shocking, you know, when you when you compare that to kind of some of the legendary figures that we've seen in the past. Yeah, exactly. So you know, uh, we'll move on now to the. I am firmly on the train now. I want Hendricks to start Game One, which would seems crazy from what it was in the middle of the year, but. I really think he's the best option, but I was curious what your thoughts were on the rotation for the playoffs. Yeah, you know, I've, I'm uh, I've been saying now for you know probably the last week that I, that I want Hendricks in that number one spot. However, you know, I, I think and and they've obviously been hesitant to say anything. I I, I think knowing what we do now, seeing what Lester did, uh, and, and he looked really good. Now, granted. You know, some people say, oh, it's just the Reds. But yeah, the Reds have a pretty potent lineup. And I think for him to go out and, and pitch as well as he did the other day uh, against them speaks to the fact that, yes, he is back. And, he, and even in the previous game, when he hadn't pitched well overall, uh, his velocity was was on the fastball, averaged almost 92 miles an hour. It was the best he had thrown or the hardest he had thrown in uh, in a couple of months. And so I think that was a good sign. Um, 
and those two are going games one and two, right? I mean, uh, Quintana and Arietta are throwing against one another in a sim game on Wednesday, which even if they don't throw that many pitches, 40, 50 pitches, you would think that they're going to need at least three days. Well, from Wednesday, three days of rest would be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, now you've already missed the first two games. And so, I, you know, I think we're going to see Hendricks and Lester. I know the front office, the management's all going to get together. I think there's there's probably sentiment within the organization to have Lester be the number one guy, and I, I keep feeling that's what we're going to see. But I would I would much prefer to see Hendricks, Lester go second. I think we're also going to see Arietta go third, and Quintana fourth, provided everything goes well and Arietta is able to complete the sim game and throw the the number of pitches they want to see. Uh, but but I am a little bit concerned with throwing Arietta out there third and I think I would rather see him flip back to fourth knowing that if there's anything at all that goes wrong knowing that he's had a longer layoff having not made that Sunday start you know I, I don't know that even in a good game can you depend on him to go beyond it, it's 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 gonna be tough to see but I yeah so I, I would go Hendricks, Lester Quintana Arietta if it were me making a choice yeah and it you really can't trust like he could probably go 80 pitches, but I mean, would they really push it past 80 pitches? I don't know. Yeah, and that's, I, I think there's there's also something to be said. You know, when you pull up short, it's one thing to be in a regular season game, especially once you get late and saying, well, hey, he would have made that start. He should have started on Sunday. But then it's like, okay, the game means nothing, right? You can't gain in the standings. You can't get home field advantage. So there's no reason to throw him out there and have him try to make a play and tweak it at all. So it's like, let's hold him back. Let's go with the simulated game. But, you know, can he push it that much more? Do you know what he's got? And is that something that you want to to have this kind of uncertain, unknown quantity, uh, knowing that you could, I don't think they will, but could be down 0-2, and now you're relying on a guy who you know as of very recently has not been hundred percent healthy and hasn't pitched in a couple weeks. Do you want him to be that stopper? And, and um, I don't know that, you, you know, Quintana untested in the playoffs is that guy either, but at least he's healthy and you know what he's getting. And, and again, they do have some, some good left-handed hitters that he could go up against. I just think that's a more, that's a safer bet, but, uh, but that could depend on, on what the Cubs do and kind of what they see from that game on Wednesday as well. Yeah. And it's actually, I've been thinking about it today. It's kind of now a, a matchup of two hamstrings because Max Scherzer had to leave his last start which, with what is being called a hamstring cramp. Of course, that's what they called Arietta's at first, too. But that's leaving the Nationals rotation in kind of up in the air, too. Yeah, and I think that's really the unknown. And it, and it seems like from everything that they've, they've had out there, you know, the MRI was clean. There's nothing really structurally there. Uh, you know, and, and and Scherzer saying, hey, if it was a regular season game, I would have stayed in, which I think is significantly different from what we did see with Arietta, where he tried to make that warm-up pitch and seized up immediately uh, in the start prior when he left early. Um, and, and, you know, uh, again, discretion is a better part of valor. You're not going to burn October starts to push it with a guy on the second-to-last game of the regular season where it didn't matter to them at all. So, you know, I, I, 
I've got a feeling that he's perfectly fine. I think he's going game one. If he doesn't, he goes game two. Um, but but I think we will see him out there one. Uh, also, and, and part of that's it's 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 like this. There's probably something in the back of my mind saying, "It's Dusty Baker." So it's going to be a pitcher, and he's going to go out game one, but he's going to be more hurt than he said he was, and it's going to blow up in his face. And and so I guess part of me wants that to be the narrative because it would just be kind of hilarious to follow on Twitter. Um, but at the same time, I lo- I'm looking at saying, okay, we all thought it'd be great. Scherzer's not going to be there, but he will, and, and he'll be good. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was going to talk about that, the whole Dusty Baker thing, which – I'm sure the national media won't play up at all, but it is going to be weird to be on the other side of Dusty Baker in a big game. Yeah, you know, and I and I think there's and and you know there's absolutely a measure of that in Dusty himself. I mean, he he was not a uh, clearly did not uh, you know do himself many favors, whether it be you know kind of the fans and the in the media at the time when he was in Chicago and then in kind of the way he handled things and, and the way he spoke of certain things, you know, there's a lot of people that still harbor a serious grudge against him. And then you had this, you know, and he, and he said some things when he was in Cincinnati. And, and so there was still that, that divisional rivalry. And it, I think it's going to be really interesting, uh, you know, wh- whether he says things publicly, but you know, he wants to beat the Cubs. I mean, he really, not that he cares that it's Theo Epstein or that there's anything with that, but I, I think, you know, anytime you're going up against, your old team, uh, be it as a manager or a player, you want to get it over on him. And, uh, and I think he's, he's going to be pretty fired up for this. I just, overall, I think it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to follow from a few different angles. So just that's kind of exciting to me to see uh, that aspect of, it, you know, beyond just the guys on the field. Yeah. And then of course there's the other boogeyman that we all remember very well from two years ago, Mr. Daniel Murphy, <laughs> who is a key part of the Nationals lineup, and I'm going to be scared the first time he comes up. Yeah, you know, I, I, I think, and he's one of those guys, too, where he just, he seems like, and it, and it was, you know, when he was when he was there with the Mets and just, like, all of a sudden, and, and, and it was like this coming out party at the time, right? Like, he, he had been this, prior to that, kind of middle of the road, an okay hitter, and all of a sudden it's like, who the heck is this guy? And just hammered away. And now all of a sudden, you know, he lands the big contract. And, and I think um, certainly myself, I, I don't know if everybody else was in that same boat, although I don't think I was alone going like, man, this guy just earned himself a huge contract and he's going to flame out and go back to being a regular dude. And he's been one of the best hitters in baseball over the last couple seasons now and just is kind of one of these guys that seems like he's got it in for the Cubs. So, um, you know, and then you got Bryce Harper back and healthy. And, and so – there's a, there's a lot to be afraid of with this team. Um, and it'll be, again, it'll be really interesting to square off against somebody like Murphy in the playoffs. Yeah, I was firmly in the camp of that he was a one-year wonder. Like, he got hot for like a month, and now he's going to get a bunch of money. And boy, he proved everybody wrong. Yeah, I mean, he's MVP caliber player, right? I mean, it is, it, it, and I never would have believed that. You know, I'm thinking, here's this guy who's making a huge contract off of a playoff performance. And he, and rather than any did, right. He got paid, but he also rode that into mm-hmm. incredible performance. And so, uh, you know, while there are certain things I, I dislike about him, uh, maybe off, off the field, uh, to an extent, I, I have to marvel at the fact that 
he has absolutely made good on the performance that he had that I, that I think a lot of us were incredibly surprised by. But maybe, you know, maybe this time around we see the exact opposite and he just goes back in the other direction. He crawls inside his shell and he stinks to high heaven uh, through the NLDS and then we don't have to worry about it. Hopefully. <laughs> Um, well, I guess I'll go out on this one. I, I don't. You don't necessarily have to do a prediction, but just you can just tell me what you think is might happen or what you feel good about or feel bad about for the series. So the the thing that I'm a little there's a couple things I'm a little worried about, uh, which would primarily be you know the Cubs kind of their potential to swing and miss. Uh, they're a big strikeout team facing some big strikeout pitchers, uh, particularly the top two guys that the Nats have going. Um, I am, I'm concerned for how Chris Bryant has fared against Max Scherzer in the past. Uh, he, he has not faced off with him very well, although we do see in Bryant that what, what I do feel good about is that he's so good that it's impossible, impossible, but unlikely that any pitcher or team or, or strategy will hold him down for very long. And so at some point he's got to bust out. Uh, and, and so, you know, the same thing I feel good about, I feel kind of bad about likewise, Anthony Rizzo, uh, has been kind of, you know, he's been kind of cooling off. Uh, and, and we haven't seen much of him in the last few days. Certainly, you know, ever since they clinched, he, he didn't play for a couple of days and he's getting like one at bat and he's gone, but he hasn't done all that great. And then if you look at his numbers against Gio Gonzalez, they're awful. I mean, just brutal. I think he's got like a 286 OPS or something against Gonzalez, who's likely to probably be their, their number three starter. And so that's a little bit concerning, you know, having some of that thunder in the middle of your order not match up really well with the opposing pitching. But, um, you know, I'm feeling really good about what I'm seeing from Addison Russell lately. I, I feel like, and we saw this from him, you know, last year in the playoffs where, Man, he came up with a couple of huge home runs and and really picked up off of what had been kind of a subpar offensive season for the most part. But now we're seeing him ever since he came back from the injury. He's been hitting really well. The defense overall has come up. And and so I I feel great about where the Cubs are with these young guys coming up, getting healthy, and really putting it together at the right time. So I think as a team, as a whole, the Cubs have enough going for them. Uh, that they can push that. And then the last thing I will, I will, I will end on something I feel bad about because lately my reverse jinx skills have been working really well. And so I, I, I will say I am fearful of, of Trey Turner and what he can do on the base paths because he is a guy who, you know, unlike Billy Hamilton, who can't really hit very well, Turner is, is a little bit more skilled out there with the bat or can be at least from what we've seen. But, but he is just, he's aggressive as hell. And it does worry me a little bit if he's able to get on the bases behind Lester and just get in his head and start running. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's maybe I'll do a little bit of a reverse jinx myself. I'm kind of worried about um, Anthony Rendon getting hot. So mm. that, that's because he's kind of an underlooked guy. And yeah, he might. So maybe my jinx will work too. But that's the way to do it. I, I just, I've, I've gotten to the point now where I'm just going to go out and I. I say these things and I stop saying things that I think are going to work. Or I, I try not to say as many things I think are going to go well because I feel like as soon as I started saying that John Jay shouldn't be in the, in the roster at all or on the road in the, in the, you know, in the leadoff role, 
shouldn't be playing regular time. Then all of a sudden he goes off for multi-hit games every day. So I've just kind of taken to, like, I'm just going to criticize things. All right. Well, I guess that's a good note to get out on. And thank you for coming on again. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Always uh, always enjoy it. And finally, we have Jared Willis. And Jared and I talked about these two teams' very stacked lineups. And he gets to be in the clubhouse after games three and four of the NLDS. So I talked to him about how cool that must be to be credentialed to be behind the scenes. So here is Jared. You know, Cubs middle of the year, you know, we were hoping that they were going to, you know, turn it on at some point and go on a run. And sure enough, they did turn it on and go on a run. And now we're going into the NLDS. And I'm just curious on what your thoughts on the series are. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting how much the tide has turned on the season. Is um, going into the All Star break, I think a lot of us were were wondering if if they'd even come close to winning winning the division at all. And I think that was a a fair concern back then. You know, I don't like seeing a lot of the people now who are you know kind of shaming people for. You know, for doubting back in July, because I think those were legitimate doubts. I mean, the team didn't look good, um, and they were very inconsistent. They had a lot of issues that were plaguing them, and so they were, you know, they were what five and a half back at that point, or five games back, and had not really given much of a reason um, for fans to think that that was going to change. So, um, I think at that point it was fair to to feel that way, but. But then as we saw in the second half, it was like they came out and they looked like the Cubs that we expected to see all season. And had they played at the same pace um, all season as they did in the second half, we'd be talking about a another, you know, 102, 103 win team. So, you know, thankfully things went the way that they did at post-All-Star break. And it really, I mean, it was a really pretty a smooth sailing from mid-July through the end of the season other than little bumps like you know getting swept at home by the Brewers uh, just a few weeks ago you know made us all a little bit nervous but you know really things have have gone really well ever since they came back from the all-star break yeah and it's kind of I mean it was nice to be the Brewers and Cardinals weren't exactly super strong competition so that right. was a that was a bonus too, but um, so I guess we'll just move on to what do you think about the Nationals in this series? I think this is this is a very tough matchup for the first round, um, and I think especially so because you only have five games. Um, in some ways, I think I would actually prefer a seven game series against the Nationals um, because you're going to have to. In a five-game series, this probably means you have to beat Max Scherzer once. And that's just, that's tough. Um, I know that he's, you know, there's the questions about his leg injury and whether or not he's going to make it for game one. I'd I'd be very, very surprised if Scherzer does not pitch game one. Um, I just, his leg would have to be in pretty bad shape for, for him not to get the start. And so... Do I think the Cubs can beat the Nationals? Of course. But that's going to require that they, kind of like they did in the NLDS last year with Johnny Cueto and the Giants, um, 
don't don't allow for you know don't don't face Max Scherzer twice. You know if he beats you in game one, um, so be it. Then you can roll through the rest of the series and try to avoid him the second time around. I think it's a very similar blueprint. You've got to games two, three, and four are are going to be the Cubs' sweet spot. And even then, it's not easy because you're still talking about Strasburg and Gio Gonzalez. And so this is a this is an even tougher NLDS matchup than they had last year. Yeah, it really is. And, of course, we haven't even talked about the just terrifying Nationals batting order that no. is pretty much – I can't think of a hole in that lineup. There's really not. And it's kind of – I mean, it's, in a lot of ways, it's similar to when the Cubs lineup is clicking. Um, it's very similar. Like, there's just not a lot of weak spots in there. And so for our pitching staff, which has been a bit of a question mark um, – that's, I mean, that's a formidable group of guys to have to work your way through and try to find out. And so I think for the Cubs, um, one of the keys is going to be their defense in, in the division series because the pitchers are going to have to rely on the defense's ability um, to do as much run prevention as possible because if they make any mistakes or they're letting balls kind of slip through, they're, they're going to pay for it because Washington's going to, keep the line moving as, as Bob Brenly used to love to say. Um, and so in, in both ways, this, again, I'm, I'm repeat myself here, but this is a, a tougher matchup than what we saw last season. So, um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a more scary one. That's for sure. Yeah. And actually though, the one thing I've been thinking about and I've been talking to some other people about too, is that, this has got to be the first time in history. This is my line that the Cubs are not the team with the pressure in the playoffs. Cause yes. the nationals have had very high expectations for a long time. And the pressure right. is clearly on them to finally meet those expectations. And that, and that's the kind of thing that works to the Cubs advantage because in, in the playoffs as a whole, I think there are three teams with a lot of pressure on them right now. And that's, you're right. That's the nationals. That's the Dodgers. And that's the Indians they're under pressure to, to produce, to make it happen. You know, the Cubs, if they get bounced in the first round, so, you know, so be it because they won the world series last year. They had another successful season this year. Um, and they went up against a tough division series opponent and lost. I don't think anybody's going to fuss over that too much. Um, but you're right. There's a ton of pressure on Washington because they have, probably the best team that they have ever fielded um, right now. And so they are as well suited to be successful in the postseason as they have ever, probably ever been. And so for them coming into this, they're feeling that pressure. They're feeling the, you know, the weight to those expectations. Um, and yesterday I was at Wrigley um, working on um, some stuff for uh, sporting news. And so um, talk Joe Madden a little bit and one of the things that that came up a few times was that um, these guys have been there you know they know what it takes they have seen this through all the way to the end um, and we forget too that in 2015 they went all the way to the NLCS and so a majority of this roster has pretty extensive postseason experience you know you're talking about 
a wild card game, a very, very tough division series against the Cardinals two years ago, and then the NLCS two years ago that, that really didn't go well, but there's still there's value in that. And then, of course, last year all, th- all the way through to the World Series. And so one of the things that Joe kept mentioning was they know what it takes. They, they've seen it, and they've done it, and they've done it all the way through to the end successfully. So another advantage, and this is one of those intangibles, but another advantage that, that tilts in the Cubs' favor is Washington doesn't really have that. Now, the guys on that roster don't, don't really have that. There's a couple of them here and there who have been around for you know big postseason runs before, but this is a lot of new territory for most of them. And so to some degree, that's another that's another tally in the Cubs' favor. If you're looking looking for reasons to to bet on the Cubs, I think that's a big one because as they've seen, you know, they, they know how not to panic when when things look like you know, when it looks like it's all about to crumble underneath you. When you know, in game four of the NLDS last year when they're down by three runs going into the ninth inning, or Two, two games in a row in the NLCS when they get shut out and they're just looking dead in the water. And then, of course, the World Series when you're down three games to one. And then when you see, you know, the game gets tied in the eighth inning in game seven, like they battled through so many things just last postseason alone that if they do get into a bit of a hole in this series or things start to, you know, go not go their way, um, one thing we can count on is they're, they're not going to panic. Yeah, and actually, I was going to move on to that anyway because you were in the clubhouse um, after the last game of the regular season. So I just wanted to know what did you, what were some of the players talking about? What was the vibe going into the playoffs? Um, well, the big thing, I mean, all the focus yesterday was on looking ahead to the to the division series. I mean, the, the game itself yesterday was kind of an afterthought, and understandably so. Um, but like I said, I think Joe really emphasized, you know, the importance of their experience going into the series. Um, these guys having been there um, quite a bit. Um, and then also one of the other big question marks is, you know, what John Lackey's role is going to look like in this series, because it's pretty obvious that he's not going to get a rotation spot. Um, and so the question then becomes, is Joe Madden going to be a, uh, or Joe Madden, John Lackey. Uh, is John Lackey going? Um, is you know is John Lackey going to be a reliever out of the bullpen in the division series? And so yesterday, when he he did that, he came out of the bullpen for that one inning. Then that uh, you know up in the press box, everybody you know starts speculating, and we're all up there wondering what was going on. And so after the game, when we we went down for the post game with with Madden, that was like the very first question that was asked. And, he did his Joe Madden thing where he said he said words that sounded definitive, but you know, if you could sit there and watch him say it, it you still kind of felt like you didn't know. Because he said, you know, oh yeah, he's absolutely an option. Um, but in that sort of like offhand kind of way that makes you still kind of think either they don't know yet or he's just not gonna tip his hand. Um, and then of course in the clubhouse after the game. Um, when John Lackey, you know, went to his locker and, you know, we all sort of swarmed around him to talk to him. He just, he kind of laughed and he said, not a chance. And then he just walked away. So there was no, no opportunity to get um, Lackey's thoughts on it. And, and Joe Madden was a little bit coy about it. So 
it's it's still not clear. Although, it, I'll say this: it would not surprise me to see Lackey in the bullpen. Yeah, if for nothing else, and just to be a backup with all Arietta's injury concerns and I think going into the series. Yeah, and I think some of those long relief options. You know, there there is Mike Montgomery, um, but he's also you know if you can, you want to save your left-handed arm and have Montgomery and Dunsing available. Um, and so yeah, you've got a guy that can give you two or three innings, and in, in the event that Arietta can't go for, for very long, or that. You know, Lester is struggling like he has shown us sometimes that he will um, this year. And so I think he's he's a good option for that, for that long relief. Um, I don't know how likely it would be that you'd see him doing any kind of like specialist relief pitching, like a matchup, you know, go in, go in there and get one out. I don't, I don't think we would see him do that because there's other guys who can handle that just fine. Um, so I, I can see him being almost like a piggyback ready to go just in case somebody else can't go more than two or three innings. Yeah. And um, also I wanted to bring up with one of the people I interviewed for this, uh, you know, preview is I'm really starting to, maybe I shouldn't, but I'm really starting to get excited about Kyle Schwarber again and the way he's played the last month. And I wanted your thoughts on that going into the series. Well, he is, I mean, talk about an exciting bat and that, that gets, has gotten overlooked because we're still kind of fixated on how bad he looked in the first half. But he's kind of like the Cubs team as a whole. He's been a very different hitter since he made that trip to Iowa and spent some time in the minors. Um, all things considered, that seems to have done the trick because if you look at his numbers just from you know, when he, he went to AAA for a while and then came back, um, he has hit a lot more like the Kyle Schwarber that you expect. Because if you've got reasonable, reasonable expectations for Schwarber, um, he's, he's done that. He still finished the year with 30 home runs. I think his batting average was, you know, a few, a few ticks above 200. And so, you know, obviously you'd like to sit, see him hit for better average, but he's, he's still got the power. He hit 30 home runs. Um, so he can be a difference maker in in the postseason because you can play the matchups a little bit more um, depending on the starter and you know when he when he gets a look in the lineup as a left-handed bat um, he obviously is is not going to cave to the pressure if he could come into the World Series like he did last year and do what he did. Um, I don't think we have to worry about Schwarber's ability to handle the pressure of the postseason. He's been there twice himself now. So, um, yeah, he's he's a guy that I think we're forgetting about, but we shouldn't be. Um, there's reason to be excited about what, what he can do against the Nationals. Yeah, and actually there's another player, too, that's even more under the radar than that who has no playoff experience, who I'm really feeling good about, and that's Ian Happ who has started to come on of late. And so that's another guy. Yeah. He's uh, I think he's an interesting one because I think in a different season, he would be a legitimate NL rookie of the year candidate. Um, you know, unfortunately for him this year, there are just other candidates who are clearly better. Um, but in a lot of seasons, you'd be talking about Ian Happ as rookie of the year. And 
and especially lately, man, you know, talk about it. The guy's been on a, bit, a hot streak. He's so, yeah, I think that's another guy who, who makes things interesting. Um, and not only for what he is showing, increasingly showing so because that defensive flexibility that is so important to Cubs, he, he offers you that because he can play second base um, and he can also slide him out into the outfield. Um, and so as, as need be, you can move around a little bit, which becomes even more important in these short, you know, in these postseason series. Um, and so, you know, the, there's the obvious guys, like you expect Chris Bryant to do what Chris Bryant does. You expect Rizzo to do what he does. And, but then there's guys like Schwarber and Happ. And we're, we're forgetting, or we haven't mentioned yet, but Addison Russell, who since returning from injury, has hit extremely well. Um, and he's another guy who could be a significant difference maker, um, you know, come come this weekend. Yeah, and oh, also Wilson Contreras, Javi Baez. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of guys. For as much as, yeah, as much as we want to tout the Nationals lineup, it's, you know, you can't, can't get too far down the Cubs lineup without realizing, like, that they're – they're just as stacked. There's there's not there's not a ton of holes. I mean, you know, maybe you have things like you know, Jason Hayward doesn't hit quite as well as we all hoped that he would, but what he gives you defensively is so strong that, like I said earlier, I think it's worth it to, to plug him in the lineup every day because, you know, the, the Cubs are going to need that defense. But, but yeah, I, there's just not – you're not going to run into a lot of weak spots. Even – you know your backup catcher Alex Avila, who's who's hit really well also since coming over in a trade. Um, so yeah, the Cubs the Cubs lineup is no joke. Yep. And well, I guess I'll end on this question. You announced on Twitter that you're going to get a press credential for games three and four of the NLDS at Wrigley, that's and that's got to be something. I, yeah. That's got to be cool. Very, very excited about that. Um, obviously, it's been really cool to be able to be credentialed to, you know, I think it's been half a dozen games um, at Wrigley this year, a few at the White Sox. I even up, went up to Milwaukee for a game. So having that experience has been awesome. But I think the excitement of the postseason to be able to do that there is something I'm really, really looking forward to. So um, I'm going to, yeah, I'll be at games three and four on Monday and Tuesday. And yeah, super, super pumped for that. Um, you know, such a different experience in the postseason, I think. And you know, the one thing I'm hoping for, of course, is you know the odds are high that I will probably be watching one of the teams celebrate. So you know, I think it's it's clear which team I would prefer to see celebrate. But just to be able to um, be a part of you know postseason in that way is something that I'm I'm super excited about. Yeah, and. Well, I'm sure we'll all be excited to hear your experiences too and see what, what it's like. And hopefully, yeah, I know you got to be somewhat objective being a, yeah. you know, yeah. credential journalist. But Yeah, I can't. I mean, there's the things like, you know, you can't cheer in the press box. And so I've gotten used to that. That doesn't really, that doesn't really bother me. There's been a couple of times when I've had to sit on my hands a little bit. Um, you know, I remember one game in particular when the Cubs – came from behind to beat the Padres I think it was and Javi Baez hit the game game winning double or something I'd have to go back and look but that was a time in particular where I really had to <laughs> remind myself like you know you can't react you just 
you just sit there and take it in. And so that's that part of it's going to be tough. I gotta at least while I'm there and, and doing what I what I do, uh, got to be objective. And even, even if that means that I'm standing in the Nationals clubhouse watching them celebrate, like in the moment, I've I've got to be objective about that. And, you know, privately or just in my own head. I, of course, my my feelings will might be different, but um, I just look forward to to being a part of the coverage of that, you know, in whatever way I'm able to do, um, you know, to get that chance is just something that's, it's an, it's going to be an unforgettable experience. Um, so no matter what happens, I'm, I'm excited that I'm just, I'm going to be a part of that. Yeah. Well, thank you for, uh, coming on the podcast again and yeah, happy, we'll see for, what happens in this series. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And yeah, let's, uh, Let's just enjoy the uh, wild card games um, stress free and then get it going on Friday. That's right. Well, now it's time for the part you all want to hear, right? My Sean Holland official prediction for the series. Well, I don't really have a prediction for the series. I don't like predicting playoff series because they are so, so hard to predict. But I will say this. The Cubs do not have any pressure on them this year. They won last year. They, you know, I don't think we can expect any more. They won the division the next year after winning the World Series, which does not happen a lot. And it's just, this whole year is pretty much gravy if you think about it. Now, does that mean I don't think they can win? I definitely think they can win. But they're going to be facing a very, very talented team that if it clicks for them, they could win the World Series very easily. So I think it'll be a very competitive series. There'll be a lot of pressure. And I think it's going to go five games, but I don't know who's going to win. So I guess that is what I will leave it on. I want to thank my guests, Phil Seitz, who's at Weekend Roadie, Evan Altman, who's at D. Evan Altman, on Twitter, and Jared Willis, who's at J Willis. That's J Y J W Y L L Y S. And I just want to thank them all, and hopefully the Cubs will pull it out. <laughs>